And so if, if you'll let me today, I want to be your spiritual tour guide and just kind of lead you through a journey of spiritual uh, generosity, okay? I want to lead you in this season today. We call it legacy. And a legacy is what people remember about you when you're gone. I thought about that question recently. What, what, would pe- what do I want people to say about me when I'm gone? What do I want them to say about me? This week I thought about what would happen if City Hope Church closed the doors? Would people miss us? Would, would there be a hole in our city? Would, would, people, would people just say, oh, well, just another church that, that, just like the rest of them? What would they say? Like, my, my hope and my prayer is that, we never, that the doors never shut here. Amen? But if they had to, if they shut, my, like, I want the city to, to be missing something. And they go, man, we can't do without City Hope. We got to get that church back in. Like, like, we need that church. That church made a difference. That church uh, fed the poor. That church made a difference in the city. Come on, somebody. Like, and by the way, we're not closing our doors. I'm just saying, like, what would happen if that, if that did happen? So the Bible says in Proverbs chapter, chapter 11, this is a theme verse that I have for us today. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 through 25, it says, one man gives freely, yet gains even more. Which that, that to me is a little crazy. One man gives freely, yet gains even more. How is it? You're giving away. How do you get more when you give away things? But another withholds. The, he's, he's holding on to it tightly. He's saying, no, I, I need to keep on. I need, I need to hold this. I need to keep this close to me. You know, we don't have enough right, right now. And he comes to poverty. But that's totally opposite of, this is opposite of what we teach today in, in American cultures. You've you got to hold on to what you have. Don't, don't, you got to save what you have. You've got to accumulate the wealth. But the Bible says one gives freely and he has more. One holds, withholds it. And he comes to poverty. And I believe that this poverty is not just a physical poverty, but it's a poverty mindset. That I don't have. I can't do this. We're poor. We, we po. We're just a bunch of po people. No, 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 no. We are blessed in Jesus' name. So a generous man will prosper. Check that out. One who, one who gives will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And I don't know about you, but I want to be refreshed. I want to be refreshed. So today, what I want to do is I want to show you some things that this legacy season has to offer. And I want to show you some ways that we can refresh some people in our city. All right? And, and, uh, and then I want to give you just a quick message after that on generosity. I want to talk about that today. So the first thing I want to mention is that five weeks from today is our legacy offering on December 13th. All right? We... And we tell you about it ahead of time, all right? We don't tell you uh, the day before or the day of. We tell you about it weeks in advance so you can be praying and asking God what he wants you to do. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a little bit about this offering in just a second. But for those of you who don't know what it is, we give 100% of it outside of the normal operational budget of City Hope Church. Last year, nearly $70,000 was given in the legacy offering, and all of that was used outside of the normal operational budget. Come on, somebody. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what happened with that in just a minute. That's incredible, especially for a church that wasn't even a year old, right? And so we give all of that outside of, of the church. So we tell you in advance so that you can pray and ask God what he wants you to do. So let me tell you a little bit about legacy offering. There's five lanes to the legacy 
uh, offering. And, and the first lane is this. It's local missions. And we're already doing some things in Wichita Falls. We're already making a difference. We're already going out. And, and Yesterday, as a matter of fact, yesterday there was dozens of people. There were dozens of people out serving yesterday at Sputter Park. There were people serving, uh, mowing yards and taking gift baskets to the hospital and, and handwritten cards to nursing homes to just love on people. And the question was asked, why are you doing this? Somebody at Sputter Park said, why, why are you doing this? We just want to tell you God loves you. We do too. We don't want anything back. Yesterday, they gave out 360 meals to people yesterday. Come on, somebody. That's pretty incredible. That's what we're doing, being the hands and feet of Jesus. And so uh, what we realize is that there's more to be done than what one church can do. There's more to be done than what one ministry can do in Wichita Falls. And our heartbeat from the beginning has, has been... To, to be a partner, not a competitor. Let me say it this way. If there's already a church or a ministry that's doing something well, we don't want to do it. We would rather come alongside them and support what they're doing, accelerate what they're doing, help them do what they're doing, resource what they're doing, than to become a competition for them. If they're doing it well, come on, let's bless them. Let's accelerate it. And, and so uh, our team's been vetting some of those some of those ministries, some of those faith-based ministries. Now, it's important for us that we accelerate Christ-centered, faith-based ministries. Why? Because if we, I, I don't think it's fair to help somebody but not give hope to somebody. Let me say it this way. Social justice without spiritual justice isn't justice. We help somebody, we got to help them, but we got to give them Jesus at the same time. That's what it's all about. That's why we do what we do. And so they don't know it, but we're, we're vetting some organizations. Who's doing the best, the most with what they have? And we're going to come alongside them after this offering, and we're going to write a check, and we're just going to surprise them and say, hey, Merry Christmas. God loves you. We do too. We want to bless you. We want to help you. And that might be another church in town. It might be a ministry, but we're going to accelerate and help them accomplish the vision God's called them to do. Amen? So part of that legacy offering is going gonna, gonna to go to help local missions. And there is something I want to tell you about. Um, I can't give you details, but in a few weeks, I'm going to be able to make an announcement. And I'm just, what I'm doing right now is dangling a carrot in front of you. All right? I'm, I'm telling you, there's something coming up I'm so excited to announce to you. We, we are um, going to be able to bless some people like crazy who live about two times under the poverty level. I don't even know how they do that. Living below the poverty level, we're, we're stepping in as a church, making a huge difference for these families. And in just a few weeks, I'm going to get to reveal what that is, and it is going to blow your socks off. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be incredible. So just this year, though, just this year, I want to celebrate that you, through your giving, have given more than $28,000 to local missions, local, local places, partnerships, outreaches, things that we've done right here in Wichita Falls, more than $28,000. That's incredible. That's so cool. So then the second lane is, is this. It's national missions. And national missions is uh, it's, really it's church planting. All right? We believe that the local church, a healthy local church, is the hope of the world. Right? Amen. A healthy local church is the hope of the world. In fact, uh, experts say, researchers say that that churches are closing at a rate of 4,000 churches per year. 
4,000 churches shutting their doors every year, only 1,000 new churches are starting. So that means there's a net loss of 3,000 churches closing their doors in America every year. Before COVID, less than 20% of Americans attended church on any given Sunday. After COVID, since COVID, 32% of professing Christians have just stopped going to church altogether. We need churches. We need local churches in America. We need a revival in America. And so we partner with the Association of Related Churches to help start life-giving churches. And this year, we've helped partner and we've helped plant 35 brand new church plants that had over 11,000 people come to their very first services with 523 people giving their lives to Jesus Christ on the very first Sunday, y'all. That is worth praising God over. It's church planning, it's mission, national missions, making a difference. And so this year, so far this year, we've given nearly $23,000 to help plant churches and resource churches and make a difference nationally. And I'll tell you this too. This is one of my favorite things. Uh, this year, uh, we ha- we've helped plant 35 churches. And what I want you to think about what they walked into. Since January, 35 churches have started. But listen. They started in January and had to close in March. Can you imagine that? We were 14 months old when we had to shut the doors and go online only. We didn't even have technology to stream online, y'all. We had to purchase all this equipment and these church planters. They started a church and then four weeks, six weeks later had to shut the doors. So one thing we did last year, we're going to do it again this year, is we're identifying pastors, church planters, Uh, who planted this year, maybe some pastors who they're they're going through a hard time and we're going to write them a check at Christmas time, not for their church, but for them personally and say, hey, we believe in you. We got your back. Merry Christmas. Do not spend this on the church. This is for you. Come on, let's, let's bless some pastors. Let's make a difference with some pastors and church planters. In fact, we did that last year. We blessed two pastors here in Wichita Falls. You don't need to know who they are, but we blessed them. Gave them $1,000 each. Hey, Merry Christmas. Go with God. He's, he's going with you. He's blessing you. He's, he's for you, and we're for you. Amen? Come on. That's, I'm, I'm pumped about that, in case you can't tell. The third lane is, is um, what we call international missions. This is the third lane of the legacy offering. We're giving this, this offering. It's not going to go to the budget. It's going to go outside to make a difference. It's international missions. And we're already supporting missions in Cuba, Uganda, Pakistan, uh, Israel. We're already making a difference in those places. Now, we're going to keep making a difference there. We're going to keep sowing into those ministries. But I, I want you to hear me out, listen to me, is that we are also going to begin um, focusing on the 1040 window. And I, I brought a little map of the 1040 window, if, if we have it here or there, it should be in the weekend service folder Uh, if you can find it. If you can't, then I'll just tell you. The 1040 window is is a window uh, 10 to 40 degrees north of the equator. All right? And it it represents the most unreached people groups of the world. It's the most populated people groups of the world. The, the The majority of the Earth's population is in the 1040 window. The uh, it's the most unreached people group. Less than 2% of that population know Jesus Christ as Savior. Less than 2%. But check this out. It's also the most persecuted window on the face of the earth. 
So what we're doing is we're, we're going to begin supporting Bible translation. You heard me talk a few weeks ago about how Jesus said in the end times, the gospel is going to be preached to all nations, to every people group. So we're, we're just going to speed up the coming of Jesus. That's all we're going to do. We're just going to help people uh, read the Bible for the very first time. And so we're partnering with, with an organization to translate the Bible in languages for, for those people to understand. Now, here's the deal. We don't even get to tell you where that's taking place. Because it, it has to be, it's such a sensitive topic and so secretive that if... Like in most of these countries, because it's a crime to be a Christian, the work of translation could be stopped. People could be put in danger. You could lose your life for being a Christian. So while we don't get to tell you who it is and where it's going to, it's going to help speed up the return of Jesus Christ. People are going to come to know Jesus through reading the Bible for the very first time. Y'all, come on. That's, that's awesome. I'm pumped about that. And, and I want to celebrate this, too, that just this year, over $28,000 has been given to support the Great Commission International Missions just through you, through you giving. That's incredible to me. All right, two more lanes, two more lanes. The, the next lane is, is one that I'm most passionate about, I think, and it, it is the Leadership Academy. And you've heard me talk about it for about a year now, that we really want to start a pipeline to develop leaders, to develop church leaders. And so the Leadership Academy, what it is, it's, 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 a, um, it's, it's going to educate and equip world-class leaders to make an eternal difference. So, that, so people who are passionate about serving in the local church, like you, you feel God calling you to serve in the local church, this is an opportunity for you to take that leadership to the next level. Maybe you're a businessman or woman, you're a business owner, and, and you are in the marketplace. You are a missionary to the marketplace. This is going to equip you to be a better leader, to be a better, uh, a, a better presenter of the gospel, to lead people to know Jesus in the marketplace. But above that, it is to raise up leaders for the church. Here's what I believe. If the church is the, is the hope of the world, we, gonna have, we need some leaders to lead, that, to lead it. Because there's one day coming that I, I, I'm going to retire. Lord willing, y'all don't run me out. I'm retiring here. Y'all going to have to put up with me for about 30 more years. Maybe how old am I? Maybe not that long. Uh, Y'all gonna have to put up with me for a while, right? I, I, I mean, I, I didn't, and I know, here, listen to me. I know that maybe sometimes you go, I've heard that before, and then my pastor left. I chose to move to Wichita Falls. I chose to plant this church. God put a dream in my heart to do this. This is my life's work, y'all. This is what God has called me to do till the day I die. Come on, somebody. That's what he's called me to, and that's what I'm passionate about. So the Leadership Academy, is, it's for those who feel called to serve in the local church, whether that means serving physically in the local church or serving through marketplace ministries. It doesn't matter. And, and, and here's the deal. Any age can be part of the, the, the Leadership Academy, but I'm most passionate about young people because what I want to see is young people having to decide, do I want to go to college or do I want to go to the Leadership Academy? Do, do I want to give my life for the gospel of Jesus Christ and helping people know him? Or, or do I want to go spend four years somewhere else chasing something that I'm not really passionate about? Mom and dad, I want to go to college, but I think I'd want to spend some time in the leadership academy to develop the things and the gifts and the passions and the, the call that God has on my life. Amen? 
And so here's the big news. I'm so excited to announce this. We're starting the Leadership Academy January 11th is the first class. And we are partnering. We have signed an agreement with Highlands College out of Birmingham, Alabama, Alabama to license their two-year ministry training program. And we will be offering a ministry training certificate right here at City Hope Church. Come on, somebody. I'm pumped about that. So, so the first... The first startup party, if you will, interest meeting, if you're interested in that, if, if you've got a, a heart for ministry, you want to serve in the local church, and you feel ill-equipped, you want to take that to the next level, maybe you're, you feel called to full-time ministry, part-time ministry, whatever that looks like, we, we are doing a startup party November 16th, so a week from tomorrow, 6 p.m. right here at, at the Cedar Realm campus, the growth track room, so we want to let you know about that. So that's the Leadership Academy, and, and let me say this, that I believe that it's possible, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying I believe that it's possible that we could start another location in the next 18 to 24 months. I believe that, I be, don't hold me to that because it's all in the Lord's timing, but I believe, I think it's possible. But what do we need in order to do that? We need leaders. You've got to have a location, a campus pastor, worship Worship team, production team, dream team, children's team. You got to have an exit strategy, finances. You got to have all of this stuff. I believe it's possible, but where do those leaders come from? Unless we develop them. Um, Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 10. He, he told him, He said, The harvest is plentiful. There's, there's plenty of people who don't know Jesus. It's just that the workers are few. The workers are few. So he says, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest field. And I'm asking him, Lord, would you send people to City Hope Church, the Leadership Academy, to develop the skills and the passion and the talent and the abilities that you've put inside of them to be leaders in the local church. Amen? Amen. All right. I feel like I'm more excited about that than y'all are, but that's okay. I'm pumped about it. I'm pumped about it. Number five, the fifth lane is... Buildings and projects. Buildings and projects. And uh, last year, we, we were able to, like I said, we were able to, to, to make a difference. You guys gave over $70,000 in the leadership or in the uh, legacy offering last year. We made a difference. We put some of that back towards buildings and projects. And we've been able to get into this building with zero debt. We don't owe anybody for anything except the lease on this place. All right? So that's worth praising God over right there. Thank you, Jesus. So, so God, by his grace, that's happened. It's only by his grace. And, and uh, as always, I say, uh, you, you may remember me saying this, that uh, we, we move at the speed of your generosity. So uh, we, we, don't, we don't outpace what you give. We move at the pace of what you give, okay? And so you've probably noticed we don't have door knobs on, on the doors coming into the sanctuary. Like, we don't have the door hardware. We don't have, there's other door knobs and there's finishing products that we, we, we need to finish, but we move at the pace of generosity. I think that's a good way to do it. Amen? Uh, we actually, for some of you moms out there, we have a nursing mom's room. 
that's just not finished yet. It's a place where if your baby's crying, you need to change the baby. You can go in there, feed the baby, watch the service on, on, a, on a closed circuit television. Nobody's going to bother you. It's a changing table with a sink and, and all of that in there. And, and it's just not ready. It's not finished. There's a prayer room that still is yet to be finished. Man, come on. We need that prayer room, don't we, Connie? We need that prayer room because prayer is one of the most important things. It's, it's the most important thing we do. It's not the only thing we can do, but it's the most important thing we can do. So it's a prayer room. There's some office space, and there's city kids. There's some things that we, we need to finish up in there, just unfinished products, projects that we can accelerate, and, and we can help make that happen. And then uh, I just want to let you know this, that we don't do the legacy offering because we need to. I've never had to stand up here and, and feel any pressure for you to give whatsoever. There's never been a weekend where we needed you to give. And that's not how I grew up. That's probably not how you grew up going to church. Like, you spent everything that came in, and, 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 and I, I know for, for many churches that it, it's a pressure kind of issue, and we don't do that. We don't do compulsion. We don't do pressure. We don't need you to give. It's an opportunity for us to give, though. And so... Um, if, if we don't do the legacy offering, we will still give about $100,000 outside of the walls of the church this year if we don't do this offering. We don't do it because we have to. We do it because we get to. We do it because we want to refresh others. And when we do that, we're going to be refreshed. We're going to be refreshed. Amen? All right. That's why we do legacy. Hey, if you're excited about that, say yeah. yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. Come on. Let's give God thanks for that. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to share just, just a minute with you um, uh, just a message that God put on my heart about generosity. And, and I don't share this with you because we need you to give. It's not that. It's just that I believe that every once in a while we need to be reminded of, of um, what selfishness can do to us and what generosity can do through us. Amen? So God told Abraham, I'm blessing you to be a blessing. So God blesses you. Why? To be a blessing. He doesn't bless you for you to hold on to it. He doesn't bless you for you to, uh, to, to store it up. He blesses you to be a blessing, to make a difference in somebody else. And there's a story. Years ago, there was a family that came to church, and, and uh, boy, they were just griping on the way home. Mom and dad were just not happy about anything that happened at church that day. Nobody said hi to me when I came in. The music was too loud. The, the wife said, well, the sermon was too long, and it was too hot in there, and they just kept on bickering, and finally the kid in the back seat said, I thought it was a pretty good show for a dollar. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. So this message is not about money. It's really about generosity, okay? I want you to know that's about generosity. And, and there's more verses on money, possessions, on finances in the Bible than there are heaven and hell. The Bible has a lot to say about it. So before I give you... My, my, some thoughts on generosity. I, wanna, I want to show you a, a generosity ladder. And, and there's three things on this ladder. But this morning I was really thinking there's probably a fourth thing on the ladder. And I think a lot of times the, the, uh, we start with, uh, this is not going to be on the screen or in your notes, but I want to give this to you. I think really the, the first rung of the ladder is tipping. Like we kind of tip God. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll slip a little bit in there every once in a while. Just kind of 
tipping, right? Like, we could, yeah, it was good. It was a good show today. Come on. It, it was all right. They sung my favorite song. Maybe put five in the offering, will you? You know, like, it was a, it's tipping. But then, here, here's where the ladder really begins to take off. And, and, it, and, and the first one is tithes. So you may not be familiar with this, but it's tithes. And, um, and the word tithe, just literally, it comes from, um, it, it literally means tenth. And so what this is, a tithe is um, the biblical concept, the biblical principle of bringing the first of our income to the Lord. The first 10%, the Bible says, is holy and it's set apart to God. So we bring the first 10% to God. It's been a practice of mine since I was a kid. I remember my dad giving me a dime. You know, I made a dollar. I'd take a dime to Sunday school and I'd drop it off in the offering plate. And, and when, I get, when I got my first job at Piggly Wiggly, come on somebody. Y'all don't even know what Piggly Wiggly is. <laughs> yeah, come on to a little grocery store. I got my first job stocking shelves and blocking, and it was, I, it was the time of my life. I'm telling you, I loved it. I really did. Man, I would tithe. I would bring my first 10% off of that. Off of that. And I even, um, uh, because my dad died when I was young, um, I, I got a Social Security benefit from that. And so I would tithe off of what came in on the Social Security benefit. And so tithes belong to God. And, and here's the thing about tithes. It's found in the Bible. It's found before the law. It was, it was instituted in the law, practiced after the law. And Jesus himself in the New Testament endorses the tithe. You can find that in the scripture. And so it is a biblical practice. But I want to say this. Uh, it's a place to begin, but let, let, let me just tell you what I believe here, is that, that tithing is really not generosity. It's obedience. Can I say it that way? Yeah. It's obedience. It's not generosity because, listen, if I gave you $100 and I said, hey, give this to so-and-so for me, is that generosity on your part or is it obedience? It's obedience. You just did what I told you to do. And that's the way... the. The tithe is. God's given it to us. He's blessed us with it already. It's already his. So all we're doing is returning it back to him. Does that make sense? We bring the first 10% back to the Lord. Now the second rung of the ladder is offerings. It's offerings. And offerings is over and above what, what, what we bring in our tithe. If the tithe is 10% and offerings just over and above that. That's why the legacy offering, we intentionally do it on a weekend that's not a tithing weekend. We don't want you to bring your tithe to the legacy offering. That doesn't help anybody. We want you to go above and beyond that to bless people, to make a difference in our community. And that's why it's a, an offering, a legacy offering, one time a year special offering. That's when you become generous. Num number three, the third rung of the ladder is extravagant offerings. Extravagant offerings are not about the amount. I want you to hear me. It's not about the amount. It's about the sacrifice. So you could give us an extravagant offering or a painful offering and it not be a lot of money. In fact, you see that in the scripture with the widow's might. The Bible says that a widow gave about a penny. And Jesus called her out in front of everybody and said, hey, she just gave more than everybody. How? It was a penny because it was all she had. It was an extravagant offering. It was a sacrificial offering. Does that make sense to you? So, so that's where we, we and, and let me say it this way. It's where we, um, 
It's where we take our giving to a whole nother level. And I would love to sit down with you sometime and talk to you about, uh, about different ways that God could use you in that area. But let me say it this way. In the same way we have a, um, a, a greeting team, a worship team, a, a production team, we have a kids team, we actually have a legacy team here at City Hope. And the legacy team is made up of people who've been through growth track. And they have self-identified that they want, they have the gift of giving and they are passionate about giving and they want to serve in a way to help accelerate the mission of the church. I think that's a pretty good thing. The Bible says that people actually have a gift of giving. And so there are people on that team, if you're thinking, man, I want to be on that team, go through growth track, discover your gifts, discover your purpose, your passions, and and you can be part of that team as well. It's a way that we just can accelerate what God is doing here through City Hope. Amen? All right. Amen. That was a little low, low amen right there. That was like a, he's talking about money. All right. So several years ago, there was a book. Uh, 1990, 91, that was written called The Day America Told the Truth. And in that book, they asked the question, what would you be willing to do for $10 million? And the the results were shocking, y'all, because 25% of the people surveyed said they would abandon their entire family for $10 million. And some of y'all are thinking, man, sign me up right now. I'd do that in a heartbeat. Oh, some of you are thinking, it wouldn't be t- that hard to do, right? T- for 10 million bucks, they would abandon their whole family. Some people said they would become a prostitute for a week or more for $10 million. Now, you might come home with something you can't wash off, but you'd be rich. Come on. <laughs> Dad, dads, use that line on your, on your girls when they go out on a date, right? You, you, you better be careful. You keep it clean. You can come back with something you can't wash off, right? Maybe not. All right. I have boys. So y'all tell them that, right? Uh, Check this out. 7% of the people surveyed said, I'd kill a stranger for $10 million. Now, I did the math. Out of the people who call City Hope home, who come here regularly, that's 42 of y'all. That would kill a stranger. Y'all better watch your back because you don't know what's going to happen, right? It's crazy what people would do for America, what what they would do for $10 million. What does that tell us? It tells us that the spirit of selfishness is alive in America, that we just want more, more, more. And guess what? When you get more, 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 you're never satisfied. You need more. You need more after that. You're never satisfied. So uh, what's the solution to selfishness? generosity that's the only way the only way to combat selfishness and to combat a a poverty mentality is to become generous in fact I talked to a lady this morning who said uh, I I thanked her for for her giving she's been giving consistently and so she she said you know what I just made up my mind several months ago that I'm just going to give 10% of my I'm, I'm just going to do it and God has blessed her God's doing great things in her life and 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 you know, there are things that will still happen when you're giving and when you're generous, uh, but now you have the blessing of the Lord, right? Because you've been faithful in that. So let me, let me show you something. Some people think that generosity is optional. Like, you know, I, I, I give when I want to. I give when I feel like it. But I believe that generosity is, 
It's not just biblical, but it's a mark of discipleship. It's a mark that we're growing in our faith. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 says this way. Paul says, since you excel in so many ways, you're excelling in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm. You're, you're excelling in all of these things. Since you're excelling here, I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving. In other words, do all of this. Right? That's what Jesus told the Pharisees. You, you should have tithed all of these things, but also been merciful. Right? You should be merciful. You should serve. You should go to First Saturday serve. You should be on the dream team. You should make a difference with your life. But also, I want you to excel in the gracious act of giving. I want you to grow in that way. So I want to wrap up today's message giving you just three things about generosity um, that, that I think will help you. And the first thing is this, that relationship with God is what produces generosity. Relationship with God is what produces the generosity. So let, let me say it this way. The word Christian means Christ-like. Was Christ generous? Yes, he was. What did he give? His life. So let me say it this way. For God so loved the world that he gave, he was generous enough, he saw the plight of mankind that we needed a savior, and he gave his son, Jesus walks the earth, and he willingly gives his life for you and I. He's generous in that way to give his life for us. So, being a Christian means we're like Christ. Oh, to be like Christ. I want to be like Christ. Y'all remember that song, I want to be like Mike? Right? Michael Jordan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to be like Christ then. Come on, somebody. I'm going to rewrite it, get some royalties off that. Coming for you, MJ, right? And I'm going to give 10% to the local church. Come on, y'all. <laughs> All right. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, so Christ was so generous, he gave his life for us. So let, let me just say it this way. Relationship with God produces generosity. So if I'm a Christian, if I'm like Christ, then I will be generous. It produces that in me. Now, it may not be right at first because there is a, our, there's a process to growing in our faith. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, all of our sin and all of our trouble just doesn't suddenly go away, right? And so we, we have this process of growing in our faith, and generosity is one of those benchmarks. Psalm 37.1 says it this way, that the wicked borrow and they don't repay. They don't, they don't, they don't pay you back, but the righteous... They give generously. They want to bless you. Hey, don't worry about that. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. The, uh, um, in Proverbs, the next scripture, Proverbs 22 says that some people are always greedy for more. And I just, I just got to make, I, just, I need a little bit more. I, 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 need, I need to achieve a little bit more. But the godly, they love to give it away. They, they want to sow it. They are generous people. So the closer I get to God, the more generous I'll become. A relationship with God makes me generous. Amen? All right, number two is generosity then produces blessing. And this is not a name it, claim it gospel. Blab it, grab it. Right? It's not, it's not that. This is, a, this is just biblical teaching that generosity will produce blessing in my life. Proverbs 11 
We're going back to this theme verse for the day. It says, a man gives freely. One man gives freely, yet has more. But he's given it away. How does he have more? An- another withholds. I can't give that. i got to hold on to that. He comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper, and he who refreshes others is refreshed. Right? So if let me, let me try to help you understand this, that you are a conduit. You know what a conduit is? It, it, it's a pipeline that, you, you, that allows you to get something from point A to point B. When we uh, did all of the construction on this building, we had to put all new conduit that goes all the way back here. And there's some three, four-inch conduit up there. Why did they put it there? So that we could run cables, electrical, data, technical cables from there to there. And guess what? If there's a blockage in there, you can't get it through. You're a conduit for God's blessing. God blesses you to be a blessing, right? So I'll say it this way. If God can get it through you, he will get it to you. If he can get the blessing through you to somebody else, oh God, would you bless our community? We just need you to, we need you to bless our community. We, we, we need your, your favor, Lord. Would you meet the needs of our friends? And he's going, yeah, um, here, go meet their needs. And we're like, well, no, I didn't mean us, God. I meant, like, would you send somebody else to meet their needs, right? And he he tries, he wants to bless us. Somebody this week was like, hey, can you take, can you do this for these people? And, And my first thought was, man, why don't you do that for them? It's on your heart. God put it on your heart. Why don't you do that for them? Come on, somebody. God gives you those dreams, and he gives you the ability to do it. We've got to be a conduit. But when there's a blockage, guess what he's going to do? He's going to go find somebody else. Well, if, if, if I can't trust you with it, I'll go find somebody else who's a clear conduit that I can get it through to make a difference in somebody else. If he can get it through you, he can get it to you. Amen? So 2 Corinthians 9 says, says it this way, 9 and 10, or, 9 through, or 10 through 11 says, For God is the one who gives seed to the farmer. He's the one who blesses uh, with bread to eat. In the same way, he will give you many opportunities to do good. He's going to provide you opportunities to make a difference. And he's going to produce a harvest, a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be so enriched, so blessed, so prosperous, whatever you want to put. You'll be so enriched that you can give even more generously. So you're blessing somebody, and you're, you're a conduit. God's getting it through you, and because he can trust you, he's going to give you even more so you can give even more generously. And when you take your gifts to those who need them, when we take our gifts after the legacy offering to people around Wichita Falls, to, to national missions, when those pastors get a check in the mail, when international missions and Bible translators get a check that accelerates the ministry, they will break out in thanksgiving to God. Amen? They're going to break out in Thanksgiving. So God blesses you to be a blessing. But when, you, when, when there's a blockage, when you just hold on to it, guess what happens? That blessing, that well runs dry. He, he will find somebody else to accomplish it. Proverbs 8, 28 says it this way, that whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing. All, all of you who served yesterday at Sputter Park, not, not to take anything away from those of you who couldn't serve, but listen, those of you who serve the poor, who give to the poor, those of you who are making a difference and using your gifts and your passions and your talents, man, you're not going to lack a thing. But those who close their eyes to the poor, to the poverty, will be, will be cursed. What does that mean? It's just consequences. 
God can't continue to bless you when you just hold it for yourself. I've seen that so many times. Well, Brother Ben, I just you know, can't afford to. Okay. That's one testimony, but the other testimony is I can't afford not to. Okay? So, so a relationship with God produces generosity. Generosity produces blessing. Number three, selfishness produces unhappiness. The opposite of generosity is selfishness. And selfishness produces unhappiness. I've never met somebody who was selfish who was happy. Why? Because it's never good enough. They're never satisfied. They're, they're never okay with how things are going. Proverbs 14.30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Somebody who's jealous, somebody who's selfish, somebody who's never satisfied, it rots the bones. So selfishness will stifle everything that God wants to do in your life. If you're selfish in your marriage, guess what? You're going to be looking somewhere else. You're unhappy. If you're selfish with your money and your finances, what you do have will never bring you joy. It'll never be good enough. If you're selfish with your talent, your talent will lose its appeal. If you're selfish with, with yourself, you'll wind up lonely. Why? Because selfishness is unlike God. Selfishness is the opposite. It is not in the character or the nature of who God is. He is a generous, faithful, loving God, and He is selfless. And so, some of you here today, some of you are, you're battling that selfishness. You're battling selfishness, not just in your finances, but in your heart. You're, you're withholding your own life from Jesus today. You're withholding what he wants most. What he wants is not your money. It's not your talents. It's not your abilities. It's not your check. But what he wants is you. More than anything else, he wants you. Amen? He wants a relationship with you. Would you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. And let me ask you today, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? What's he speaking to you? I believe... That God wants you to excel in every area of your walk with Him. He wants you to excel in serving. He wants you to excel in being on the dream team. He wants you to excel in your gifts and your passions. He wants you to excel in making a difference. But He also wants you to excel in the gracious act of giving. But it takes practice. It's not something that, that maybe you can just do today. Uh, if you were to go to the gym and you haven't been in three or four years, you're, you're not going to pick up where you left off. It's going to take you some time. You, you're not just going to start benching this crazy amount of weight because it's going to take some time. And, and, and in the same way, you're not going to be able to accomplish the generosity goals that you want to accomplish on day one so I want you I want you to pray about what that next step for you is what's the next step of generosity for you what what is what are you sensing that God's calling you to do is it to go from a tipper to a tither from a tither to an offering maybe it's extravagant offering 
What is God speaking to you? What's he asking you to do today? And all I'm asking you to do is just obey him. Pray and ask the Lord what he wants you to do. And, and just be obedient to him. Maybe it's, maybe you're saying, but Pastor, I can't, I, can't, I can't go to 10%. I can't start there, but maybe you could do two, four, six, eight. Build your way there. Grow in your faith. Grow in your generosity. Remember the godly love to give. So the solution is prayer. And I want to pray for you today. It, wherever you are, if you would say, Pastor Ben, I want to grow in generosity. I want to go from where I'm at right now to the next level. I want God to grow me in generosity. If that's you today, I would love for you to just slip up your hand. And my hand is up. My hand is up. This is an opportunity for all of us to just say, I want to grow. I, I want to grow in what God has for me. Amen. Well, Lord, I thank you today for those hands that are up that say, I want to grow in this area. I, I want to be more generous than I've ever been before. And so no matter where we are right now, no matter where we sit on the spectrum, God, it's, it's not about amounts. It's about the sacrifice that goes into it. It's about being obedient to you, Lord. We want to be obedient to you. We want to hear your voice. We want to lean into it. We want to do what you've called us to do. We want to be obedient. So, Lord, I ask you to fill us with your spirit today. Give us the power. Give us the ability to walk it out, to live it out. To do what you've called us to do. We thank you, God, that this is already a generous church. And God, you've blessed us so that we can be a blessing. I firmly believe that we are unlike any other church that I know of because we are a generous church. I thank you for that, God. May it never be said of us that all we care about is the money. Let it be said of us that all we care about is making a difference in the people. And we'll do whatever it takes short of sin to help people find and follow Jesus Christ. Well, we, we, we hold our resources with open hands today. And we say they're yours. In Jesus' name. And with your head still bowed, if you're here and, and you, you're living a life really that's it's just it's all about you. It's selfish. It's all about what you want. It's all about what, what you need. I'm, I'm asking you today, would you give yourself to God? Maybe, maybe you're here and the, the most selfish thing you could do is walk out of here today and say, I don't need this. This is all a bunch of, uh, this is just a joke. These people are weak. They're relying on a God who isn't there. I don't need this. I can do this on my own. That's the most selfish thing that you could do. The, but, but the most generous thing you could do is to give your life to God. The most generous thing, the most generous gift you could give God is yourself. And if you're here today and you say, Pastor Ben, I want to give my life to God. I want to surrender completely. I want him to be the Lord of my life. I want him to be in control of my life. I want to give him 100% of my life. If that's you today, would you just slip up your hand right where you are and let me lead you in a prayer. I just want to lead you in a prayer. Thank you. God bless you. Who else would say that's me, Ben? Thank you. Anybody else? Count me in that prayer, Pastor Ben. I want to give my life today. Amen. Hey, let's say this prayer together. Let's pray it out loud with boldness and passion. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. I am yours. No more running. 
No more selfishness. I surrender. Not my will, but your will be done. Would you forgive me? Would you cleanse me? Give me a fresh start, a clean slate, a do-over. And from this day forward, I will serve you the best I know how. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God thanks today. Let's thank him for his word. Let's thank him for the power of the cross and the power, the power of generosity that Jesus gave himself for us and we give ourselves back to him. Amen.